Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of CrossFit Ortis in Cottonwood, Arizona, Lori Austin. How are you today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Excited to have you on here. Want to learn more about your gym and, and this, you know, kind of brand new venture you've got here. So give us a general idea. What's CrossFit Ortis all about? Um, well, um, Ortis, first of all, is Latin. It's, um, it means new beginnings, rise, rising, or like a new birth. And so, um, we're just trying to develop a community that wants to encourage each other, that's um, inclusive, where people feel welcome. Um, CrossFit can be intimidating, or what people think CrossFit is <laughs> can be intimidating. So uh, we're trying to build a community that where people just feel um, comfortable and they know they can come and work together, work hard, and and get healthy and feel good. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get a little bit of a background. Uh, how did you get into this? And, uh, you know, kind of what, what was your experience beforehand? I think you had been in the CrossFit world for a little while. Uh, mm -hmm. So give us some of that background and, and what led you to wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to do this, uh, put my own spin on it, have my own flavor here. Um, I was personally dealing with um, some anxiety and depression um, from some past traumas. And I got into CrossFit through just uh, my son, who uh, just wanted something fun to do. And when I tried it, uh, it was just, just the best thing that I had ever tried before. It was like I was addicted the first <laughs> day I tried it. And then as I, as I worked in with CrossFit, I saw the personal changes that it made in me, the physical changes that it made. I was able to get off some medications and it really like changed my life. And so when I saw those effects, I thought, I just really want to be able to help other people that are struggling because you know, a lot of people that get into CrossFit, they're looking for something challenging because maybe they were an athlete in the past or they have been active their whole life. But, you know, I really wanted to be able to help people that came maybe not from a, a physical a background. And, but I wanted to see people just change their lives, get off medications, um, you know, maybe be able to help with that anxiety and depre depression. So that was kind of my what, why I wanted to personally become a coach. Awesome. So you, uh, you went through the standard practices, start doing business planning, start looking at logistics of it. Um, you know, some, some different things there kind of this idea was, was going through its, its infant stages during pandemic. So there's, closures there's things that are changing there's a lot of things in flux 
Um, but eventually, you know, you were able to, to lock down a space and officially open your doors December of 2021? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk a little bit about some of some of those logistics and you know the theme that that you went with which is you know it's okay to start small and grow into something rather than if i build it everyone will come and hopefully i, I don't get burnt out so from from the start you know the the space is a big factor so you didn't go into a five or ten thousand square foot huge warehouse facility um tell us a little bit about your space and and what some of the logistics were you you thought about it like how big is it how many people did you think you could reasonably fit in uh, what did, what does that initial picture look like um the the space itself is about two thousand square feet but it has a pretty large office space and um just like lounge area so I would guess that the, the square footage of the actual training part is probably about 1500 square feet. Um, and so when, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, I can fit 10 people in here. <laughs> that was kind of my guess, but really it's more like seven to 10 <laughs> um, comfortably in each class. And so, um, with all the advice I've gotten through um, some of the mentor groups that I'm in, they, they've always said, start tiny, outgrow yourself. And so that's what I did, starting tiny, <laughs> hopefully outgrow myself pretty soon. But, um, and I just, like when I purchased my equipment, I, I thought five to 10 people in a class, um, I do my own programming. So I program around the equipment that I use um, for each class and, um, I forgot that where was. I was <laughs> Okay. So you, you have the logistics mapped out initially mm -hmm. for how much space, how many people do keeping your programming in house means that you don't have to worry about surprises and curveballs and how do I rearrange the whole place? Because you're, you're in control of that there. Um, mm -hmm. when it comes to scheduling, Again, you didn't go wild with the scheduling right off the bat. We're running, generally speaking, three classes a day and only five days a week. So um, a lot of new owners or even seasoned owners, they hear one person ask for one class and they, they think they need seven classes a day and five classes on the weekends and all that. So again, this is that same theme, I think of your, you know, one woman show you you have to do it all and instead of stretching yourself too thin it sounds like you figured out this is where the majority of people are going to be and, and this is what i can handle so talk me through that part of the process the scheduling yeah because i think at the beginning you just want to please everybody and you want to you're i think at first willing to do like a class even if there's one person in it you just like <laughs> And then you end up overbooking yourself and then you don't have the energy to, to put into the classes. Like coaching a class takes a lot of energy and focus. And so um, basically like I, I only wanted to do like back-to-back -back classes for two. And so, so that I could maintain that same energy and focus um, for every person that comes into the gym. 
So having, um, I am a giving person. <laughs> so it took a lot for me to say, these are my classes. These are the times. If it doesn't work for you, I'm sorry. We'll see if we can, you know, in the future when we get another coach, um, work towards those times. But um, I, I kind of feel like if if I was to do like five classes a day, then the people that are coming are not getting the best of me. And so it's like you have to make that decision of cut back so that you can be the best coach that you can be for the people that are coming into the gym. And so um, I just tried to pick times that I felt would work good in the morning for people and then in the evening for people. Right. And then even with your morning classes, you have two morning and one afternoon right now, you didn't leave a little bit of a break in between the two classes. So was that a little mental refresh for you time to, you know, clean with, you know, obviously everybody being more conscious of that with COVID. Uh, what, what were the, the main factors in that and giving yourself, I think it's 30 minutes. We said in between those two morning classes, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So time for uh, people, if they want to really like COVID conscious was kind of where it started, just being able to clean up. And um, a lot of people have developed anxiety over <laughs> the pandemic. And so having that buffer of like being able to maybe even stay around and talk a little bit, get a little bit of socialization and not rushed out right away before a new class comes in was what I was thinking is people can uh, just like recover from the workout, spend some time socializing and not, and then the next group come in and they still be able to, to pass and say hello and enjoy that, but not be like rushed out and, and still have time to like clean up the equipment and everything. Okay. And then, so with the, the classes that you have now, is the goal right now to get those to capacity and then add more classes that you would coach? Or do you have a limit to how much you think from a, you know, that energy, that concentration aspect that you can get to, and then that would require you to possibly have another coach on hand? Have you given much thought to what that point roughly will be yeah i'm i'm working right now on definitely like filling those classes first before i add any other classes um and then i will add more classes as i get another coach in to share the load um and i think for me it's and, and most coaches would agree like the evening classes you don't want to do an evening class and then come back next thing in the morning and coach a early morning class. And so um, if I do add classes, it will be that I would coach. It would be like middle of the day kind of thing so that so that I still have that time to kind of recover between the morning classes and then recover before the evening classes. Yeah. So a lot of getting ahead of these things before they can become a problem rather than let's you know go 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 and then if it becomes a problem it, kind of the same concept that we we can preach in workouts right like if you go to red line it's going to be real hard to recover 
it might ruin your workout. The same thing, you know, mentally, if you, if you go there, it could throw off a day or two days or a week, depending on, on how dig, uh, how deep of a hole you dig yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is, you do have a, you know, a little more acute awareness of the mental health benefits of working out in community. And, you know, as we touch on that a couple of times with the build, you've also incorporated, I think, alongside with your programming, um, some more awareness and some more work towards that with your uh, lovely day kind of training or ideology. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear more about that. Um, so I really encourage people to, to think about how they feel when they come in the gym. Like I never want someone to come in the gym anxious or not come to the gym because they're anxious about training. So with a lovely day workout, it's, it has the same stimulus as the regular CrossFit workout. You're doing it at the same time as everybody else, but it's just a little different in that you're using a lower skill um, uh, movement. So let's say if, if we have a barbell in the workout for the day, you'll probably use a sandbag um, so that you don't have to worry about hurting yourself. You can kind of go fast and, and harder with a sandbag so that you're not, um, you're not worried about that high skill. And, and sometimes that can cause anxiety for people. And, and then it's also timed out where you're not counting the reps. So you don't have to get to the same amount of reps as everybody else. You're just moving to move. And so, but you're still getting the same stimulus as the workout, the same movements, but just in a slightly different way. And you're still working alongside everybody. So, um, and they're designed to get you into, uh, I've done a lot of research like, and, and learning into the nervous system over the past couple of years. And so they're designed to get you into that like fight mode and flow in your nervous system so that you're um, leaving feeling just really good for the day. And uh, I mean, I could go into this for hours. So <laughs> Yeah. So the main thing is instead of it just being a lower, you know, a lot of, a lot of CrossFit gyms specifically have a lower intimidation, lower barrier to entry. Uh, I wouldn't call it easier class because, you know, yeah, we're definitely not <laughs> preserving stimulus, but it goes a step beyond that for you in that there's an extra layer of mindfulness that you're trying to impart and open that conversation more about not just, Hey, you can do this workout, even if you're not, you know, a CrossFit games athlete, it's, Hey, you can come in here and get the, the mental benefits that you're looking for and not feel like you're doing less than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that as you, as you grow and scale that you think that you will keep ownership with? Is it something that you think that you're going to have to add into your, your mentorship of trainers that come on? How do you see that track going as, as the gym scales and grows up? Yes, yeah, so def I definitely want to keep it. In fact, I would, uh, like future, I would like to have even a specific class designed just for people that are dealing with anxiety or depression because, um, and, and keep it small 
because sometimes that's a barrier to coming into a gym is that they don't want to be in a class with 10, 15 people. Um, cause that just brings on that, that anxiety. And so, um, in the future, I'd like to have it as an option in, in regular training, teaching the, as, as I get interns, teaching them how to run that type of class, but also just have it as a separate class in itself as well. So having that option there. All right. So <laughs> I, I, and I, I think that's, there really, it makes sense that clearly near and dear to your heart, something that you want to keep going. And it's just a matter of, it, it sounds like you don't want it to be limited to just the classes that you can cover. You want to try to at least find some other people who can, you know, it doesn't have to be everybody, but um, definitely a plus if somebody has that same right personality, be able to nurture the program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a little bit of an idea of what your plans are to, to scale your team as you grow. What are the, the things that you're looking at or working on right now as far as getting interest in the door and getting membership to grow with those right people that you want to fill the initial classes with? Um, I think like word of mouth is one of the best things you can do, you know, is just encourage the members to, to in, involve people that they would like to bring with them. And, um, but when you have a small member base, it's, it's hard to get the word out <laughs> like that. So um, I post a ton on Instagram, Facebook, try to just get people to see what we're about here. And um other than that, like I'm not doing any marketing at this time. Um, marketing is definitely something that like I struggle with because you see, you see marketing as I see marketing sometimes as um, pushy mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't like to be that pushy person. It's like, well, if you want it, it's here, come do it. However, <laughs> That's not always the best way. So uh, uh, that's that's something that I'm kind of struggling with right now <laughs> is that marketing piece. And so um, and just so just trying to to get the word out by designing some future um, like Saturday afternoon, like kind of seminar class type things is is something that I'm, that I'm working on now, um, where people can bring, you know, members can bring someone that's wanted to try it out and, and, um, do like, uh, something on nutrition because we know nutrition is the foundation of CrossFit, but sometimes it gets missed. So that's like doing like a, a little, like one or two hour, um, seminar on just nutrition or, or, you know, a specific movement. So that's yeah, so working on figuring out the, the extended marketing piece. But while you do that, leaning in really heavy to, you know, great customer experience to try to generate referrals and word of mouth, and then social media to make sure that the people who are starting to engage with you get a good feeling of what they can expect when they come in, what type of gym you are, you know, whether, um, you know, in your case being, you know, new, smaller, kind of um, not this huge overwhelming place of highly competitive act 
athletes, more, you know, intimate, supportive, general there. Like the CrossFit is our, is the workout methodology we use, but our, our personality, our culture is this. So just trying to make sure that you paint the picture for the right message as, as that organic side grows. Mm -hmm. All right. So from here, I know we, you know, you have this space and, uh, you know, you're going to take the, you're going to stair step it. You're not getting ahead of yourself there, but what are, what are the big dreams, big goals? Is it, you know, do you think that you'd eventually like to have a, a 3000 square foot gym with a hundred clients, you know, is the, is the mega gym something that you think of? I, I, everybody's got different points where they foresee this would be awesome. So what does that look like for you? Um, so the dream gym <laughs> would be, uh, not, I, I, yeah, I'm not interested in like a mega gym. Um, you know, I know, I know that that does have a place with people, but for me, like, I want to be able to know all the members and, um, but I would like to be able to expand to, yeah, maybe like 3000, 4,000 square feet where people feel comfortable moving around in. And, um, my ultimate dream is to have a kitchen in my gym so I can help people learn how to cook and, <laughs> um, incorporate like nutrition classes into, um, into, uh, their, cause a lot of people, they, they want to learn how to cook or they want to learn how to, to, um, eat well for, um, uh, feeling good, but they just don't, you know, intimidated by it. So that's something that ultimately I would like to have incorporated in, in my gym space. Very cool. It sounds like you're, going to end up leaning towards being one. Have you ever heard of Dunbar's number or that theory? Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, he's a social scientist who says that it, humans can maintain somewhere around 150 personal relationships. Oh, and then, yeah. <laughs> then it starts to degrade. There's some debate yeah, yeah. on that number and stuff, but it sounds like you'd probably fall more into that than the 500 member, you know, mega. And I think it's, it's good to hear, you know, for our audience too, that not everybody wants to be a detached, you know, remote sipping my ties on a beach owner. There's just as much of a place for people that want to be involved, want to know people. And for you, you know, with, with your other, you know, goal to be, to have some type of kitchen and kind of nutrition, um, above and beyond the general, you know, gyms will give you macros or things like that. It sounds like it's more of a service oriented goal than how big can I grow this business? How much money can I put in my bank account? It's, it feels like it's more about spreading impact than, than anything else. Definitely. I feel like when, when I started CrossFit and it changed how I, how I ate, how I moved, how I slept, everything we're not just like cut up into individual pieces like okay this part of me is going to move and then this part of me the rest of me is just going to like you know live the rest of my life the way i used to we're we're more like a a holistic approach to things like everything that you do in your life um should should affect those other parts of your life. And so if you 
when you come into the gym, it should make you a better person at home. It should be, make you a better person when you go to work. It should make you just feel better. And so if you're not incorporating, um, you know, your, your mental health, your eating, your movement together, then you might feel better, but you can't be that like optimal, you can't be your optimal self, if that makes sense. So I really encourage people even outside of just come into the gym, like when they, how are you sleeping? How, how are you eating? Just having just those conversations with people so that they know that if they need help with any of those aspects, they can come to me and I'm more than happy to help them feel better. Like that's my goal is for people to feel better, move better, have a better life. Pretty noble goals, if you ask me, for sure. So it sounds like you're doing great work down there, Lori. I uh, I wish that we had more time to dive into it, but I think it'll be really cool to, to check in on, on you and maybe get you back for a follow-up. But for now, we are out of time. The last thing I want to get from you before we let you go, where can people find you online? Website, social media, any place they can find out more? Um, website, CrossFitOrtis.com. Um and Instagram, Facebook, just CrossFit Ortis. And Ortis is O-R-T-U-S, correct? Correct. All right. Lori, thank you so much for being here with us. It's been a pleasure. I wish you continued success, and I look forward to checking in on you in the future. Thank you so much. You're, you're very welcome. To everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thank you for spending part of your time with us today. If you're thinking about opening a gym of your own, I hope hearing Lori's story gave you some inspiration and some great ideas. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Lou from CKO Kickboxing in West New York, New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Lou. How are you today? Having me. I appreciate it very much. I'm super excited to have you here and to learn more about your fitness business. Before we really dive in head first, Tell us a little bit about what it was that led to you becoming a gym owner. I feel like this is kind of an interesting way to start off because we all have a little bit different of a story. Right, right. We all we all definitely have a story on how we how we got started. Uh, and for me, uh, it basically was, you know, I, I hit a dead end road at uh, 23, 24 years old. And, and it was that question where it was like, what am I doing in my life at this point? Like, um, I, I grew up playing sports, specifically football, and like majority of the, the, the kids playing the sport, you know, the, the end all result is, hey, I'm going to make it to, to the professional league, right? And once I, I went through it with that goal in mind, 
I, you know, and once I didn't make it playing football, I said, okay, uh, let me take a little seat back in life and let me figure it out. What is it I'm going to do next? In the meantime, while that was happening, I ended up getting a job with FedEx and I became a full-time FedEx employee. And at first it was all was good. Money's great at that age. It's like, wow, benefits, money and all that stuff. And about my third, fourth year into it, I said, whoa, this is not fulfilling. I, I, I'm making decent money. I got the benefits, all that good stuff, but I wasn't happy. Um, and all I knew prior to that was fitness and sports and movement and, and, and the gym atmosphere. Um, and that's what led me to say, okay, what makes me really truly happy at the core, right? And once I answered that question, I had that conversation with myself in the mirror, it basically came down to, okay, so I need to go back in that direction. And that's what basically led me to, um, you know, I didn't want to jump off the cliff without, you know, without any, any, any strings attached. So I went part-time with FedEx, so I could still pay some bills. And I, I literally went door to door in all the local gyms in the area here. And I asked, I said, do you guys need anybody at front desk? Do you guys need anybody for cleaning? I just knew that I need to be back in that environment, being out for so long, three to four years at the time then. And many closed doors at the time, there was no certifications under my belt or anything. So everybody was like, no, no, thank you. We'll call you, we'll call you. And I landed in CKO Kickboxing in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is headquarters. And they said, we need a kids instructor. Are you good with kids? I remember this like it was yesterday. And at this point in my life, I've never worked with kids. And I said, I love the kids and kids love me. I'm all for it. So basically, I got my foot in the door, got through the training, me being an athlete, everything else just kind of fell into place. And before you know it, I'm an employee for CKO Kickboxing out in Hoboken, New Jersey. Uh, and, and things just kind of from there, you put out to the universe and the universe, you know, responds back. And basically, uh, part-time became full-time, uh, full, uh, instructor became manager. And once I saw the vision of the company as far as going uh, franchising now worldwide at that point back in 0809, I said to myself, you know what, I, I can do this. I can, I see myself doing this. And that's basically, I, I, I said, you know what, I'm gonna put all my pennies into this franchise. And 13 years later, I am here. Amazing. So you really like rose up to the occasion. Um, you've had this business now for 13 years. Um, and so with your CKO location for our listener who might not be familiar with that franchise, just kind of take a couple minutes here to paint a picture for us and give us your elevator pitch I guess you could say um about who you guys are what services do you provide um and, and just paint that picture for us get okay. so CK, uh, CKO kickboxing it's um co-ed classes one hour uh, long led by an instructor and it's a full body workout it's combinations on the bag but you also work in calisthenics and as far as all movement and, and, and body movement and, and you walk out basically out of every class with a full body workout and the beautiful thing is that, you know, we bring the energy to these classes. You know, our instructors are, are, are looking, they look forward to helping everyone. And every time you walk to any CKO, you realize it's a little different and you're just, okay, let's go hit some bags and let's get out. Um, so if you're looking to lose some weight, get back into the shape, this is definitely a place to do it. And that's what we help people with, basically. Yeah, that's so cool. So I feel like for myself, the reason why I've never approached you know, boxing, kickboxing is just because it, it, there's kind of a little bit of an intimidation factor there. Um, you know, I didn't grow up in this kind of side of health and fitness. I was a dancer, I was a theater, so like for me, the idea of kickboxing seems a little scary. It seems a little intimidating. So 
what does that average client look like to you? Do you have a typical client that you're seeing kind of fall into your facility? I guess like an avatar. Is good. So with, with that, yes, you hit it right on those because yes, kickboxing, it, it is, it could sound, it come off a little intimidating to anyone, you know? Um, but majority of our clientele members are female-based. It is co-ed classes, but majority are female-based. Once they realize that, one, is a very friendly place, and we are very welcome to anybody that walks in. The person has never thrown a punch to the person that's been a professional in sport and everybody in between. Um, so, especially with men, you know, they'll come in and they go, oh, this is a cardio class. This is not, and it's, it's amazing to have men especially take a class for the first time and then walk up and go, wow. I, I completely was blindsided on how, how good and, and, and fun and tough this class is, you know, results-oriented it is. So it, it, uh, our, our main um, ideal member is, is usually uh, females, uh, but it's, it's, it's tended to everyone. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's very friendly-oriented. It's, it's, you know, you feel welcome every time you walk on in. And once you realize, you know, our instructors lead classes and they make, make sure that you know what you're doing and make sure that you're keeping up with the workout. It's not something where it's, you know, we're going to tell you to do something and if you never worked out, it's going to leave you behind. No, everybody, everybody works together. Everybody works at their own pace. And that's why it becomes a family and every time you walk into CK. Yeah, that's so encouraging to hear that you have a wonderful community. And so because of that, you know, you really create this welcoming environment where anybody can really come in and, and succeed within your program. So um, these group classes, I'm assuming, right? Um, do you guys do personal training or semi-private or is it all going to be in a big group? Yes. So our bread and butter is when you walk into any of our gyms, yes, the main focus is the class of the group cardio uh, kickboxing classes, but we do offer a specific uh, personal training, small group training and nutrition programs and tailored for an individual that wants to kind of take a little further specific for whatever it is that they trying to get ready for. So we do offer those services. Okay. So what percentage of your business would you say right now falls under the personal slash small semi-private kind of training um, department? Um, if I had to put percentages to it, I would probably say a 70, 30, 70% 70 is, 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 you know, any given, clearly, you know, any given season, it could be 60, 70, but let's go with 70%, mainly group classes. And then the other 30 or 40% on any given season could be the individual one-on-one -on -one small group training. Okay. Got it. Got it. Nice. So right now, you know, within your facility, um, what's the square footage of the space? So when I, I'm working with 3000 square foot. 3,000 square feet. And how many members are you guys able to service? Uh, we're currently at the 400 mark at this point. Because you got to remember, so we have different classes throughout the, the day. And, you know, clearly there's different different um, amount of, of, of it, it, throughout the day, people can come on in, whether it's 6 in the morning or 8 o'clock at night, so and everything in between. So it allows us basically to, to handle that, that much value. That's awesome. So you pretty much have classes going on all day then, I would assume. Basically, basically. Nice. So, uh, you know, that 400 mark, is that a place where, Lou, like you feel comfortable or is that a place where you're looking to hit the gas and welcome in new members to your facility? Like, what does that look like for you right now? So, at the 400 mark, Lou, Lou's never comfortable. Lou's never comfortable. If Lou could turn it to 800, next tomorrow he would. Um, but the truth of the matter is that, yes, we have been playing with that 350, 400, which that does tap always we're tapping that that limit in the space given and that's why I've, I've actively been looking to expand to a second location 
Yeah, for sure. That's um, definitely a a hard thing, right? When you have that mindset where you're like, I'm never comfortable. I want to grow, 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 baby. But then it's like, you know, you only have 3000 square feet. So it's like, you can't fit 800 people in there. There's like no configuration of the day that would allow for that many people. And obviously out of 800 members, you know, not eight, like 800 people wouldn't come in a day. Right. But um, so with that being said, since, you know, you are the type of person who wants to continuously grow, what does that look like for you guys? Like, how do you find your clients? You know, what are you doing to actively aid the growth process? So when, when we first started, um, you know, you go to, to your traditional, you know, mail indirect routes and, and, you know, what social media came, came around, you, we went, you know, hard with the social media advertisement aspect of it. And all of those work, of course, that's, that's what yeah. they meant for. But I have to admit, being that you tapped on this a little earlier, being that, you know, we, we build a community, we, we have, it's, it's a small boutique gym, which allows us to, instead of Brooke having a, a number that's a representative membership, you know, no, we know Brooke by Brooke. We know Lewis by Lewis. We know Peter by Peter. So that right there, the word of mouth has been my biggest advertisement throughout the years. Yes, of course, you, you embed, you know, you, you make a budget for, for advertisement in this department, but the best advertisement has been free because it's been word of mouth, because of the service that we provide. So, you know, people just refer people. And that's how majority of people is always walking into the door. Yeah, I mean, I want to agree with you there because we love it because, you know, word of mouth is free and you don't really have to do anything to have word of mouth except for, you know, treat your clients well. That's all you have to do. And then you're going to bring in new clients that way. But it's not really a measurable way for us to grow because we cannot count on every month being a specific amount of clients through word of mouth. There's kind of ebbs and flows there. And I'm sure that you've seen that where one month you might get 20 or 30, you know, new referrals in and you're pumped up because you see like your business growing. And then the next month you might only have 10 or, or even less. And so with word of mouth, you, you know, you have that variable where it's like, you can't expect anything. Um, and so when you look at growing to multiple locations and things down the road, um, you really have to kind of look at ways to measurably grow because you have to make sure that you're going to have, you know, set amount of clients in your facility so that you can pay your overhead and all of that. So with that being said, you know, in the beginning, um, you, you tapped into the advertising thing a little bit. Talk to us about your experience there a little more in depth. Um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Google, those are ways that a lot of gym owners are really growing these days. So let's hear your experience there. So, uh, you know, when I, you know, back 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago, the social media wasn't too much of a, of a, a factor then. What was uh, a factor was your, your mail-in directs, door-to-door stuff. You know, you're, you're in your local newspapers, you're in your local radio station. Um, so that was what I focused on the first few, uh, few years until social media came about. So basically with that, um, we always focused on putting out whatever special. So, you know, just again, it connects back to the intimidation factor, right? Ooh, I think I want to try it, but I'm not sure. The music is loud and people sit back there. I'm not sure. So one free trial class is always great, but that might not be enough for majority of people. So one, a big one is um, what we call a triple play. 
this one, and I guess for me in my niche, it worked because it allows the, the brand new customer to not take one free class, but three different classes, two different times, different instructors. And that gives a majority of people that, that gives a sense of like, you yeah, know, this is where I want to join. So that for me in the advertising world was a big one where I offered three free classes or uh, what we call, if it wasn't three free, it was a triple play where you pay a very minimal amount just to kind of get your feet wet in the whole, in the whole aspect of what we run. So that's always been a huge one, a huge one for me. Uh, and the one that I always focus on to this day, believe it or not, the true play, it went from being on paper into your mailbox to now it's all over your face on social media and stuff like that. So that's a huge one for me, just letting people know, hey, you know, before you come into anything, look, try it out. Try it out. It's a name brand. I stand behind it. I guarantee the results. Man. Sure. We'll do the rest. Yeah, sure. The, the, the free class offer is interesting because not everybody sees success with that. I think that when we put out a low barrier offer like that, it definitely pulls in people. But then, you know, a, a lot of those people might never actually convert because they see the word free. And like for people, that's attractive. Um, and they might not ever like, you know, understand that like it's a tactic to make them convert to a paying membership. So for you guys, you know, have you seen like, what's that conversion with people coming in on a free offer and like how many of them would you say you're able to convert to a paying long-term membership? So, so we all know the name of the game is numbers. And we, the more we talk to, the more we're going to land, right? We talk to 10, we're going to sign one. We talk to 30, we're going to sign two, which is the name of the game. So once we go into that mentality that it's a numbers game, um, you know, get the leads is the name of the game. And with that being said, usually, um, I'm, I'm grateful to say, man, my conversion rate has always been between 40%, 40, 45%, always. It's been up there. It's, and, and, and the reason is because, you know, we know that when, when a free trial comes to the class, everybody's walking in through the door with a purpose. Nobody's walking in to say hello to any of us. Everybody has a, a goal, whether they don't even know it and they're here for the next the wedding, their birthday, whatever it might be. So once you kind of approach each member or each, each lead, each trial that way and just ask the questions and they'll give you the answers to why they want to be here. And then that's, that makes that, that, um, that quote, that sale, right? Uh, I hate using that word, but um, it makes it that much easier, right? Because now Brooke is getting ready for her wedding coming up in two months. So now we're going to focus the conversation about that, around that. Right. And eight out of 10 times, we're going to sign you up. We're going to sign you up. That's awesome. So 40 to 45% conversion rate, um, that's really good. But what do you feel like for you guys would make that even better? What do you feel like you guys can do to make that, you know, 60, 65%? Um, I, I guess we would have to go back to the uh, one that can definitely help is just bringing perhaps the quality of what maybe a welcome package for each individual trial, you know, going a little bit over and beyond with a welcome package that will give you kind of maybe a little pamphlet information of what we do, maybe a free t-shirt, maybe a free water bottle, you know, just kind of make you feel, but that we all know as gym owners, that's kind of expenses down the line. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 no, totally. You can turn that around usually, you know, and we have done that. I, I, I got to admit, I haven't been, uh, I've never, oh, I always never do that, but there's times when I know that, okay, on the slow season, you know, uh, summertime, when it slows up a little bit as far as leads, you know what, let's do a little extra for the, 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 the least amount of leads coming in, you know, and, and allows us to, to get people to, to sign up a little better, the retention. Yeah, and I think it's not the free t-shirts that, you know, get people to make a decision to buy. It's not 
you know, the fancy water bottle that we give them when we incentivize them to sign up, it's the results, right? So our new leads want to see that they're going to come into your programs. They're going to see results. Ultimately, results sell. So if we're able to kind of quantify that by sharing member testimonials, introducing them to members, maybe getting them started on some sort of you know, challenge or something so that they, they feel that need to like come in and see the results. That's, that's ultimately what, you know, we see as a successful piece to get people to convert. So, you know, now that we've kind of discussed that and kind of went off the rails a little bit there. Um, the next question that I have for you, Lou, is you know, what's a current challenge or a bottleneck for you guys within the business? Because I think by us talking about this, somebody out there can definitely relate to this and, and pull value. So for you guys, what would that be right now? Um, I, I think a huge one would be member retention. I think uh, one, one part of, uh, of this game is getting people in through the door. Another huge part of it is retaining these members. And, um, you know, tapping back into the community field, that's huge to keep people um, with us. And, and just making sure that we're always teaching level 10 classes, right? Making sure that, you know, you're, you're getting the same energy that you got when you was here a year ago, six months ago, two years ago. And, and whoever's up and, and instructing, you know, that's a huge one that I always focus on is, is hey, man, I need, I, need, I need energy, 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 energy. I need level 10 every time you show up because this, is, this might be your part-time or your full-time job, but this is people's one hour out of the day. You know, right. we need to maximize that time for them when they come in through these doors. People want to really stress. People want to get in shape, you know, and, and we need to be on every single time we perform. So I think member retention is a huge one that, you know, us gym owners uh, are dealing with. And, you know, it, when it comes to the gym and the fitness industry, it's it's a, depending on where in the country, it's a seasonal business. You know, it, it's, right. it's, you know, you got your highs and your lows here in the East Coast. You know, we're, we're hot January through through May, basically, and then June through August, you, you, you try to pull people into your gym, you know? And that's why these retaining these members throughout is, is huge. And, and upselling, too, it's also a great way of, of retaining members. You know, it's like, all right, you've been a, a member and you do the group classes. What about specifically retaining a, a training program to you? What about a diet plan with you? What if, you know, so that's what's one to retain the members. Yeah, I think retention is you know a struggle that we are all dealing with and I think the past few years have made it even more difficult right. because, you know there's a lot of changes in the world people just aren't as motivated to come in but when we think about retention we kind of have to take a step back and look at it from our point of view rather than like kind of blaming it on our members which can be easy sometimes but um, you know, we want to think about like what additional value can we provide so that these members want to stick around for a year, two years, three years. Um, what can we do to provide them the most value so that they can't decide to leave our gym and go to the gym on the road or they can't leave our gym and just decide to stay home? We want to be so valuable to them to, to see success. And that's a huge piece of retention. If we're not providing our members with enough value, that's when they're going to leave. So right now, for you guys, what would you say is the average client lifetime? Um, I say about two years. About about two years. Yeah, average. So like out of your four hundred clients, you would say most of them are coming and staying for two years. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's I great. Members, majority of the core of my pool of members, they have been with me five to six years, maybe. 
the, the, and then I mean, there's not so many people that started with ten plus years ago. You know, to this day. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So for you, what does you know the retention kind of look like? You know, you said that that's a challenge for you, but if your members are sticking around for you know two years, what how, how would that look like? What could you do to make that even better? I guess. Well, you know, besides providing level 10 classes and then making sure that, that, you know, that every, every member that walks in is, you know, satisfied, not only with the workout, but the way they are treated as human beings, you know, walking in through the door, you know, um, again, that's, that's the advantage of us boutique gyms and we're able to do that, you know, go over beyond that step. But a, a huge one that, you know, has worked over the years is also challenges, you know, just put people through challenges. Where you at? What you got? What are we going to do in 10 weeks? You know, what are we going to do in six weeks? What can, what, what can you be capable of? And those have, have helped people stick around. And, and another huge one that I noticed in my particular business is, you know, even if people do leave for three months, six months, maybe in a year, they always come back. Majority of them come back. They go, you know what? That was cool, but uh, we need this. We yeah, need we this. miss you. We miss you. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm excited, you know, to hear that that's something that you're you're working on improving. You know, it's already pretty good, but like, what can you do to make it even better? And that's like one of the best traits for a business owner to have, um, to like kind of you know have that ability to like look at their business and see, you know, what's going on right now is going good, but what can I do to be great? Um, and so that's an awesome trait that you possess. Um, and then the final question I have for you here at Lou, and this might be a little bit, a little bit big of a question kind of loaded here is what does the end goal look for like for you? Like down the road, if I were to hand you a magic wand right now today, and I was like, all right, Lou, all your dreams can come true for your business. What would that picture look like? Um, that, that guy, Lewis, over there in CKO kickboxing in the West New York, changed my life. He changed my life for the better. I walked in, I walked out better than I walked in every single time I went to that gym. That's my end result. Making sure that everybody that walked into there got better. However, whether it's physically, mentally, whatever that it is, that the purpose that they went to that gym. For me to change people's lives, and I think, um, I, I do that now and I continue to do that. And I think at the end result out there, all is all and done and over, um, you know, for people to turn around and be like, change my life for the better, man. Thank you for that. I needed that at that time. So I, I think that that'll be real true satisfaction. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, typically there's kind of two types of gym owners, I guess three, one person who's in it to make money, one person who's in it to help people. And then some people that kind of fall down the middle. Right. And so you, it sounds like people are really what motivate you, but you also sound a little motivated. You have a fire under your feet to roll and make this successful, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I know you hit it right in the nose, man. This is, um, you know, some, some people know me by Luda Motivator, and that's what I do. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I, people Honestly, call me the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's what I do. And, and I think it's back to just the core of it. You know, I didn't, I, I, went, I went, it's a passion for me every day. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I, I, I just remind myself every morning that I don't, I don't have to do any of this. I get to do this. And because of it, that energy comes off. Um, this is my livelihood. So therefore I treat it as such, you know, I'm a professional in this, I'm a thoroughbred in it, um, no days off. And that's how I approach it. And people, and people are, are, they're attracted to that energy. They, they want that in their lives. They need that in their lives. And, 
Yeah, and that's why I think the end result, people turn around and go, yo, that gym, that guy, <laughs> Awesome. So, so motivating. Thank you so much, Lou, for sharing your story. Where can our listeners go find you guys on social media? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at C-K-O-W-N-Y, one word. Or you can definitely find me, which is, uh, you'll see all of it across, uh, going back and forth on both social, at Lou the Motivator. Um, and that's where you guys can find us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lou. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And for our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in as well. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Podcast, fill out the link in the description and our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Tom Labar of The Forge 24-7 Fitness, coming to you from Tampa, Florida. Tom, what's going on, my man? How are you today? I'm, I'm excellent. Uh, how are you doing? I am doing incredibly well. I'm excited to have you on here and, and to explore the inner workings of, obviously, of your business. Um, but before we talk strategy and tactics and what day-to-day looks like for you, I think it's important for people listening to have some context of what we're actually talking about. And so when it comes to the forge, tell us a bit of the tale of why you wanted to start a gym in the fitness industry in the first place. How did you do it? When did all this happen? Give us a little bit of context. Uh, So long story short, I uh, did some time in the military. Uh, After getting out, I spent four and a half years contracting in the Middle East, um, all over multiple countries. Um, and, And no matter what country I was in or what base I was at, the gym concept was the same. Uh, 24-7 access, um, a plethora, a wide range of equipment, uh, ranging from like HIIT style training, bodybuilding, powerlifting, uh, CrossFit, you name it. It's kind of like a medley of all weight training available. Um, And then most importantly, the vibe, the general vibe that was in there, people weren't going in and hanging out. They were going in and getting a real workout in and then going on about their day. Yeah, because there's not an interesting concept nowadays, but right. (laughs) Yeah. And Um, and so something for everybody is kind of the crux of this, but it's an interesting dynamic with 
the state of fitness in, in 2022, but the desire to improve for people to actually come in and, and want to get a serious workout in that's sort of the vibe you were going for. Right. You've been a gym owner for a, a, a couple of years now, at least this isn't quite brand new anymore. You, you sort of got your feet established underneath you. What's been your experience as a business owner thus far? What's been better than expected and what's been a little bit more challenging than you thought it would be? Uh, uh, better. I really enjoy the people that I'm around every single day, the clients. Um, it's really is the best part of the business. Um, I've heard so many horror stories of just like dealing with like difficult clients um, and, and, and having to, you know, kind of cater to a wide range of people. I haven't really had any issues in that department. Um, I'd say the biggest challenge is working with other vendors that sell to gyms, mm. um, like wait, the equipment, um, people yeah. that do marketing that, that are not gym marketing specialists. They're just general, like maybe restaurant that are trying to, you know, get their feet wet in the gym industry. Um, and just, just to name a couple, um, those have been the, my difficult. Yeah. I think fitness is a, somewhat of a, a different beast. Uh, obviously it's a business and entrepreneurship is a skill all its own, but surviving in the fitness industry will, will harden you. It's, there's a lot that goes into it and it's, it's certainly not for the faint of heart, but most people get in with, with good intentions, at least dealing with other commercial ventures is something that all businesses deal with, right? We have suppliers, we have landlords, we have utility companies, whatever it may be for you. And, and, and I think it's an interesting time because for you dealing with equipment suppliers at the weirdest time in the history of our industry is probably an issue that we could spend an entire hour talking about in and of itself. Oh, yeah. I guess we'll, we'll leave that one for another follow-up interview. <laughs> um, but the idea of, of marketing is sound. And I think it's interesting because the, the service that you provide, the open gym, the facility access, marketing for that type of client and marketing for your typical bootcamp client or your personal training client are probably different strategies What's worked for you? What, how have you found success in terms of getting people in the doors in the first place? So, I mean, I think I did a really good job identifying the location, which has been, I would say the driving force in our success. Um, just people seeing us and we're in, we're embedded in a very large neighborhood. Um, so that has been, I don't think we could have survived uh, the first year without our location just because the other things take time to develop, whether that be like the online campaigns, social media, just your Google presence in general, um, those things take time and, and Google doesn't respect them until the time has been put in. Sure. Um, so, so I'd say our location was number one key. Um, and then the second has just been the grassroots, um, getting out there, get engaging with the community. So um, myself and my fiance, Stephanie, we volunteer at the local high school football games for concession stands. Um, I help out like local sports teams um, at the high school and middle school level with their fitness and conditioning. Um, so just like being involved in the community and being a resource um, for all things fitness to those in the community has been like a, a, the, the second strongest driving force for us. 
Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think word of mouth and, and referrals and just sort of that being entrenched in the community idea has really powered <laughs> our industry for decades, right? Hey, you look great. Where have you been going? And oh, right. I go to I go to the forge. It's it's always going to be prevalent in how we get new people in the facilities, and it should be right. These are right. typically quality clients. They know, like, and trust us. The sales process should be fairly seamless. Right. The the downside, and to your point, the downside is that we just don't have a ton of control. Right? We may get. 20 people walking in one month, we may get two people walking in the next month because of the seasonality of fitness. You mentioned one thing before of having some difficulty working with marketing agencies. So have you guys sort of supplemented those tried and true methods with some form of marketing outside of that? Uh, we've tried it in the past. We didn't have much success um, because we went uh, with, with, uh, marketing agencies that were green in the fitness industry um, uh, and though they had proven themselves um, outside of the fitness industry yeah. they just don't it, it does not translate um, so we actually pulled back from that and just spent a lot of effort developing the website um, and just yep. develop and, and just uh, little things like just every lead we get go we force them even the ones that walk in person and i'm meeting them face to face they still go through a, a pipeline on our website. Same with our actual signups. So it's we're, we're driving all of our traffic to our website, which is keeping us relevant on Google, even going against the big box gyms that are, are spending $100,000 a month in ad revenue. We're still outperforming them on Google month to month with, yeah. with that strategy. I think if we're being realistic with ourselves, if I'm somebody looking for a gym or looking for a trainer, I'm going to go to one of a handful of places and it's Google, it's Facebook, it's Instagram. If you're a gym in 2022 and you don't come up, if somebody is searching on those, they're going to go somewhere else. Oh, That's yeah. just the reality of the situation. So for you guys, doubling down on the website, rising in the Google searches has proven fruitful to you do you think you'll ever get back to working with an agency absolutely um i know that we're not seeing the the lead generation that we could be seeing um if we were with the right marketing agency sure. um yeah. and then also the pipeline it was just one of those things where we could increase the volume of leads and then with that third party they could also handle the volume yeah. so yeah. i can right now we're pulling like 30 to 60 leads a month. And quite honestly, I really wouldn't want to increase that volume right now if it's just me running them. Yeah, I think um, there's so, certain things yeah. growing too fast as well. Right. That's right. that's a, a good problem to have. I, I think a lot of yeah. people would, would be willing to take that, but that's still a right. problem in and of itself. And so right. it's always a balancing act, right? It's a, a chicken right. or the egg sort of scenario. I, I obviously we're getting leads in from a number of different sources and you already sort of alluded to it, but walk us through the typical sales process. Once this person registers as a lead, what happens to get them to eventually become a paying customer? So it's, it's really simple. So I'll get a notification. We have Wix as our website. Yeah. Um, they, it's really easy for just the average Joe that knows nothing 
um, to come in and, and use. So I get a notification. I will, we, we at one point did have the text message automated, um, but we moved away from that because there was a lot of just technical difficulties that I would have to run through. Um, but that's another story. Uh, I think I people are just sick of getting automated nurture text <laughs> yeah. at this point too. It's just, yeah, it's not, it's not as effective as we thought it once was, but go ahead. continue. Yeah. Uh, so I'll either uh, text them or email them um, depending, depending on uh, the age range of the client um, or the situation, because I, in that, in our form submission, I have their ID and since the older clients I'll email or call the younger clients. I'm just shooting a text to, yep. um, and we set up, three dates for them to trial the facility. Um, and it's really easy. They have, the doors are locked 24 seven. So they receive a code from us every day that allows them entry um, per that day. So mm -hmm. they'll get the workout in and they could text call email um, to ask any questions or even schedule a time for myself uh, or, or uh, one of the guys that helps me clean to walk them through the facility. Um, at, after they finish the trial, we, we walk them, we can, we set up an appointment for them to meet up in person to sign up through our website, or we just send them the link if they're just ready to go to get on. Once they've signed up, they get immediate access via email. So it, it, I've seen people that are really serious about it get, become a lead and sign up the same night when yeah. I'm sleeping and, and they're working out that yeah. night already. So a couple of different ways for them to get involved, but I think, I would venture to guess that the majority of people are utilizing the free trial previous right. to doing that and at least experiencing what the business has to offer before. Do you track conversions on those trials as a percentage? Is that something that you guys are aware of? Yes. Um, I haven't recently. I probably should have prepared for this, but um, generally speaking, um, we'll get the leads we get about 50 to 60 um, will show up and utilize the trial. Okay. Um, out of those 50 or 60%, um, I would, I think the last time I checked, it was like 70 to 80% conversion. Okay. Um, it's, re it's really easy. Um, and, and I think I, I, going to the, the leads that don't end up using the trial, I, would, I don't have an actual t statistic on it, but most of them are not Tampa residents and they were just looking for a free place to work out. I see. Um, okay. Right. Um, and yeah, I know so, that just because of the IDs. So decent conversions, at least within this business model. Right. Decent conversion numbers. Are you happy with that? Do you think you can do better? Is that something you guys are even paying attention to or is your focus elsewhere? So I have, when we were building up to the point we are now, I spent a lot more time watching the numbers and trying to play with it and get it to where, uh, you know, to increase that percentage. Yeah. Um, right now we're kind of in a maintenance phase where, where we've hit a, a, the number that our, our membership, that was our goal, our, our baseline goal. Um, yeah. And now we're focused on um, going back and just paying myself back for the initial investment in um, more consolidating efforts. Um, and we're kind of in that phase from now until I would say like the third quarter of this year um, and then the fourth quarter of this year and the uh, first quarter of next year, we're going to go back to focusing on a growth pattern, which I know the timing is odd since, you know, November starts slow season for our industry. Um, but I found People that, that want to be in a gym will be in a gym year round. That's right. Okay. Um, and so, yeah. so sort of 
holding pattern for now, sort of tinkering and making sure that we're ready for the next phase of growth. It sounds like the foundation is sort of in place now. Right. Um, talk to us about, I mean, looking for growth come Q3. Talk to us about sort of the, the big vision for this. Obviously, our whole conversation has been geared around more, bigger, better, whatever that means. Right. What's the sort of end goal that you're striving towards with this business? So we're in a, we're a boutique sized gym right now at 3000 square foot. Um, I, I originally built this gym um, because of what I experienced overseas and did not find that here in Tampa. So mm -hmm. I'm a consumer of my own product yeah. um, and I want something a little bit bigger, not commercial size, but something around 6,000 to 8,000. Um, so we're the, the big goal is to purchase a building, um, outfit it with the gym size and absolutely everything that I like um, and, and just hoping that our clientele uh, move with us um, and also more clients are able to come in because of our larger square footage. Um, yeah. and, and then from there, we're going to build out almost like a fitness park uh, business model where we're bringing in, we'll, we'll lease out the remainder of the building, which would be another 12,000 square foot um, with fitness um, fitness adjacent um, uh, bit, like businesses, for example, like uh, a Nutra shop or um, some sort of like IV um, company. So yeah. something, things that are going to accentuate our product and work together. Yeah. And, and this sort of model is so fascinating because there are so many ways that we can provide value and capture additional revenue streams. And, and I think it's, fitness is sort of unique in that aspect. Whereas if I'm willing to spend 50 or a hundred bucks a month on a gym membership, I may also be willing to spend a hundred, $200 a month on supplements, a hundred, $200 a month on recovery, massage, XYZ sort of thing. There's a lot of different sort of pockets that business owners like yourself can tap into. And it's valuable. We know that these things work and we know that people are going to be spending that money somewhere. I think it's important to keep in mind that, that we can capture it under one roof. And it sounds like right. sort of the, the one-stop shop is what the, the final destination is for the Forge. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, absolutely. It's the, the convenience factor. I'm, I'm legitimately just designing what I want to use <laughs> and what I'm looking for in the, in the uh, fitness industry. Um, yeah. And so far, it's attracted a pretty strong um, following um, in our community. And I think, uh, you know, just, you know, testing the, the concept to our current clients and prospective clients, they really um, kind of, um, you know, agree with or find themselves aligning with our, our long-term vision for the company. Right. And is there a timeline in your mind for all of this to come to fruition? Uh, yes. So um, we're looking at either the five or eight year mark. Um, and those are two specific, you know, years and very different. Um, right. And those kind of, uh, it really depends on um, what I have going on outside of the, the gym. Um, I'm thinking about, I, I do real estate in Texas. Um, it, that will, if we do the five year mark, um, I will end up um, liquidating what I have in Texas and consolidating our efforts um, and kind of joining forces. Um, 
with our fitness business and our real estate, um, which, which I, I definitely would like to do, but it's up to the market. And if it's going to be a good time um, to, to do that. So if it is five years, if, if we're going to keep the enterprises separate, it's going to be at the eight year mark, which I think is a pretty, um, uh, I would say not, it, it's a, it's a not, how do I phrase this? It's a not, it's a not an aggressive um, timeline. Um, it's a very like reasonable timeline. It's a pretty um, long on ramp. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So if it leave that timeline leaves a lot of room to close the gap and, and maybe even do these things sooner. Um, I just like to plan for worst case scenarios sure. um, so sure. that when things work out even better, we're, we're stronger and in, in, in a better position than we ever could have planned for. Yeah. And, and Tom, you've got a couple of years under your belt now. And so I think to wrap this whole interview up with a final question, this one makes the most sense. If you were just opening a facility now, if you were to put yourself in the shoes of somebody looking to get into the industry outside of forewarning about COVID, what do you think would be the most impactful advice to somebody opening a new gym now? Identify key um, social leaders in the community. Um, so those influencers, the Instagram influencers, they exist in real life. Identify a pool of them, bring them in as a, a low percentage partners so they have some skin in the game and a vested interest in the company um, would be the first thing I would do differently. Um, and then the second thing I would do is I would be very aggressive with the pre-sales. That's something I wanted to do originally, but could not because of COVID. Um, so those are two things I would definitely do um, differently if I were to start all over. Yeah, I think that's really important for people to keep in mind getting into the industry now. And I think the industry is in a really, really interesting place. I think there's plenty of money to be made. There's plenty of people to help. Lots of opportunity out there, but there's also a lot of risk with getting into any sort of venture. And so it's, it's a fascinating conversation to have and, and one that I really appreciate you contributing to with some insight into what you guys do and, and what you're focusing on when it comes to growing this business. Tom, before we sign out of here entirely, I want to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about The Forge. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go? Yeah, absolutely. It's really easy. If you Google The Forge Tampa, you'll see our website, Facebook, Instagram, and all other internet presence. There you go. Simple enough, man. I really appreciate your time. I, I always enjoy the conversation to be had with entrepreneurs in our industry. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you and where this thing goes. And so I wish you nothing but the best and we'll have to check in with you again down the road. Yeah, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you, Tom. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness arena, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.